Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your word. Help me to preach a timely word and help the people to be still and have open minds and be patient and learning in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Turn with us once again to uh, the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. 1 Kings, chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Have your Bibles. Turn to that passage. The scripture says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And in this series, we want to continue the theme, Achieving Success Through Godly Decision-Making. Achieving Success Through Godly Decision-Making. Solomon's father, David, had died, and God had now elevated Solomon, Solomon to the throne over Israel, succeeding his father, King David a huge, vast responsibility. Uh, It was a heavy responsibility, ruling over countless of millions of people. And Solomon could have asked anything in a dream. He could have asked for gold, silver, long life. Instead, he asked for wisdom. If God could ask you to, look, I'll give you whatever you ask for, what would you have said? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? What would you have said? Would you have asked for wisdom? Would you have asked for a bigger home, uh, more money, uh, popularity, pleasure, or what? Solomon asked God for wisdom to discern, to rule over a vast number of people to the glory of God. He knew he would have critical decisions to make because there would be challenges with those people There will be a heavy responsibility laid upon him, heavy decisions to be made, great decisions, and he wanted to get it right before God. And with that being said, you too have all kinds of decisions that you are making as I speak and will make in the future. And some of you are recovering from bad decisions that you've made in your past. And uh, if we are quite frank and honest with ourselves, And if we're going to live 
up to our God-given potential, to the maximum of our potential, to the glory of God, it is critical that we uh, look closely and take seriously our decision-making before the Lord so we can make progress in our lives, progress spiritually, and not experience relapse and regression. With that being said, what must we consider when making decisions that glorify God? What must we consider when making decisions that glorify God? Number one, you cannot trust your emotions. Therefore, you must make a decision to trust God's word and refuse to be led by your emotions in decision making. The decisions that you're going to make in your life are critical. Uh, they, they are important and will affect the rest of your life oftentimes. Colossians 3.16a says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. When the word of God is dwelling in you and you're allowing the word of God to reign supreme in your life, you will make better decisions to the glory of God. The word richly in Colossians 3.16a means abundantly. Let the word of God dwell in you abundantly. Let the word of God dwell in you extravagantly to the glory of God. Our lives should be so saturated with the word until words of wisdom emanates naturally from us as we speak. Because we're so full of the word, uh, we speak the word. The word is intermingled in our talk. People can see the word of God all over us because we're so rich with it. We, we're not impoverished with the word of God. And so God, the word of God commands that we ought to let it dwell in us richly. Beloved, you are destined to make bad decisions if you allow your emotions, impulses, excitement, fleshly desires, or your feelings to guide your decision-making above the word of God. You cannot trust your emotions. You cannot govern your life by your feelings, such as, for example, I don't feel like exercising. Or when you're angry, a lot of people make decisions when they're angry, and we must not make decisions when we're angry because you're going, Satan gets in that in a big way. And that's why you all not let the sun go down being angry. Because when you make decisions being angry, often they are the wrong decision. Uh, we'll find ourselves allowing feelings to govern our decision-making processes. I don't feel like dieting. I don't feel like losing weight. Uh, I don't feel like getting out of bed to go to church. I don't feel like going to Sunday school. I don't feel like going to take the Lord's Supper on first Sunday evening. I don't feel like attending prayer meeting on Wednesdays, Bible study. I don't feel like reading my Bible. When you don't feel like reading your Bible, that's when you need your Bible the most because the Word of God is, is the book of life. It directs your life. It should govern your life, guide your life, protect your life. My friends, Many of you find yourself saying in, in decisions, I'm just not feeling it or I ain't feeling it. Well, listen, don't govern yourself by that. I, don't, I ain't feeling it about this decision, about the finances and so forth and so on. Don't govern your life by your feelings. You will shipwreck your life because your feelings go up and down. They're all over the place. But the word of God is stable. It's the great stabilizer to your life. Number two, in decision-making, we must make a decision to win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and make disciples for him. 
We must make a decision to win souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and make disciples for him. Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. As we are going, we should share the gospel of Jesus Christ, winning souls for Christ and making disciples for Christ. A disciple is a learner and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, let me pause here and ask you a question. Are you a disciple? Are you a learner of Christ, a follower of Christ? His way. Are you allowing him to be Lord of your life, ruling over your life, reigning over your life? Are you following the examples of his teachings in the gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? God is calling us to be disciples. He's calling us to make disciples. After people get saved, you're born into the kingdom, but you have to be made a disciple through teaching and nurturing to the glory of God. So it's critical that we go out, win souls, and make disciples. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. People are not saved through opinions, ideology. People are not saved through philosophy, psychology, more information. People are not saved through human reasoning, secular talk shows, and politics. You can talk politics all day long. No president can save you. No congressman can save you. No senator can save you. No judge can save you. Most of, a lot of them are tyrannical, and uh, they, they're, they're just going off track. Only Jesus saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. Why don't you say amen? Only Jesus have the power to transform lives. Don't expect to see those whom God brings across your path uh, be saved if you don't love them enough to witness to them. Scripture says in Proverbs 30, 11, 30b, and he who wins souls is wise. The wisest thing you can do is to lead your children to Christ. Lead, lead your grandchildren to Christ. Sing about Christ to your children. Talk about Christ in the morning. Praying with your children. Husbands and wives praying with each other. The greatest thing you can do is love your family enough to lead your uncles and aunts and cousins and in-laws, leading them to Christ, to the glory of God. It's real important to do that. And uh, my friends, even these uh, bring a friend day cards that you, some of you didn't take a card. Perhaps you're not living for Christ in the marketplace, so you can't take a card. Because some people can say, well, uh, I didn't realize you go to church acting the way you act. So before you can hand a card out, you got to be a good example, even as a co-worker, on that job. Why don't you say amen? The third thing we must consider in decision-making is be mindful you cannot make godly decisions while living a sinful life. You cannot make godly decisions while living a sinful life. Therefore, ask God to purify your heart and life, which will remove the barriers in decision makings. In other words, sin will sin will block will, will be a blockage in the decision making process. Psalms fifty one two through four and verse seven says, underline these: Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, my sin, and cleanse me. Uh, you see, underline that cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Verse Psalms 51, 7 says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. And then wash me. And then Psalms 51, 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Now look, it says, wash me, cleanse me, purge me, wash me, created me a clean heart. When the blood of Jesus Christ washes the sin, sins out of our lives, only then can we make healthy, sound, spirit-led decisions, my friends. And also, I must hasten to say, is that you cannot make godly decisions with a bad spirit. The scripture says, and renew a right spirit within me. If your spirit is not right, you cannot make godly decisions. You have to ask the Holy Ghost to arrest your uh, human spirit and, and your attitude and your disposition so that you can make sound decisions to the glory of God. Fourthly, a person's true character is revealed by the decisions they make. A person's true character is revealed by the decisions they make. Luke 22, 2 through 6 says, And the chief priests and the tribes sought, and the scribes sought how they might kill him, and they feared the people. Verse 3, Then Satan entered Judah, surname Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Listen, we must refuse to associate with evil company and we must not give the devil a foothold or room to operate in any areas of our lives. Watch the company you keep. You tell your children that. But watching the company we keep also go for the adults. That's right. Uh, you got to guard yourself, protect yourself. You can't associate with everybody who is antithetical to what the scripture is teaching and they're acting foolishly and they're leading you right down the path of destruction. We must refuse to associate with evil company and we must not give the devil a foothold or room to operate in, the, in any area of our lives. If so, there is nothing too low down or despicable for us to do to anyone or even ourselves. Listen, Christians do bad things. All you have to do is take your eyes off of Jesus, let your flesh take over, get away from the word, don't let the Holy Spirit rule and abide in your life, and you can do some despicable, low-down things. Matthew 26, 14 through 16 says, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Selling the Savior for 30 pieces of silver. How sad, how tragic. Verse 16, so from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. And then in Matthew 27, 3 through 5 says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? In other words, that's your business now. You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. He got the money. He got the 30 pieces of silver. But guess what? It didn't satisfy him. And he ended up throwing it down. The love of money will cause people to do some of the strangest things. Listen, money is not evil. If it was evil, then we all be evil. You, you need money. But the love of it, the love of it. 
The love of money can cause people to do so many damnable, twisted things. Judas, after he had thrown the money in the temple, departed and went and hanged himself. My friend, sin never works out. And be sure your sins will find you out. You may get by, but you will not get away. Teach your children about sin. The sin is missing the mark. It's falling short of the glory of God. It's, it's disobeying and violating the word of God. It's, a, it's disobedience to the principles of God. And we have to deal with the issue of sin. If not, sin will shipwreck and destroy us. How do your decisions reveal your character? How do your decisions reveal your character? Number one, your decisions dictate your actions. In other words, what's in your heart will eventually come out. That's right. People lie and cuss. They say, oh, that was a slip. No, it wasn't a slip. It was in you. And you really can't find out what's in people until there's an issue. And when there's an issue, then you really find out where people really are. Your decisions dictate your actions. In other words, what's in your heart will eventually come out. Number two, actions over time become habits. You keep fooling around with certain activities. After a while, you get addicted to it and it becomes a habit. Thirdly, your character is formed out of those habits. Your character is formed out of those habits. Number five, when in doubt about a decision... Be patient and wait on the Lord until he gives you an answer. How many of you have decisions to to be made even right now as I speak? Hold your hands up high. Don't be ashamed. And uh, and how how many of you are not sure about some of those decisions? Thank you for your transparency. When in doubt about a decision, be patient and wait on the Lord until he gives you the answer. Not the psychologist not people, not, not opinions, not talk shows. The Lord gives you the answer. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You cannot lose waiting on the Lord. I've been pastoring for 31 years. And let me tell you something. I've not had anybody come in my office for counsel and said, I waited on the Lord and I regretted it. Not one person in 31 years of pastoring. But I have, I've seen many people come in with streaming tears down their face, tears locking under their jaws, say, you know what? God told me not to do it. I thought I knew what I was doing. I couldn't wait and I made a mess of my life and they boohooing all over the place simply because they didn't wait on God. How many of you right now wish you could get some of those, those decisions of the past you made back if you had just waited on God? All of us have done that. All of us have done that. My friend, waiting is so hard. It is so difficult. Why? Because we live in a society that focuses on speed. We focus on instant gratification. We want things now. We want what we want. When we want it, we get in purchasing heat. We got to buy it. You know, you got to get it. The sale is on. Midnight specials, Black Friday, Green Friday, Cyber Monday, and Cuckoo Tuesday, and all these things. And all I'm telling you, my friend, is that don't let this world hype you up. You got to realize the world is fast-paced, 
instant, instant cocoa, instant coffee, instant popcorn, instant this, instant that. e Get on these websites, instant wife, instant husband. Just punch it in. Put your little profile in. You got an instant this and instant that, uh, you know, and sometimes that stuff works and sometimes it's a nightmare. Why don't y'all say amen? Refuse to allow people to pressure you into making a quick decision. Be mindful that slower is better than fast. Repeat after me. Slower is better than fast. If y'all can just write that down and hold, hold on to it. Slower is better than fast. As a matter of fact, when you read your Bible, don't get, oh, I got five minutes. Zip, 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 zip. Read. You don't speed read this book. This is the one book you don't speed read. That's right. That's why I take my time and preach, and then I review before I preach, and then I back up, and then I come back. You say, why do you review? Because I want you to get the point. Why do you review? Because repetition is the mother of learning. Why do you review? It's because I had new insights into the review that God didn't give me last Sunday. He's still speaking to me, and when I review, I'm, I'm adding new insight as the Lord gives it to me. Why do you review? Because there, there are people here this Sunday that wasn't here last Sunday. If you weren't here last Sunday, raise your hand. Look, raise them high. Look, that's why I review. That's right. And we, we need to get the point of the message. I'm too old now for you to be rushing me. That's right. And you go watch two football playoff games today. They got two different games coming on, running by three hours. All them commercials, all that stuff. And you sit there and you watch it all. If, if you like bas- football or basketball, overtime, all that, whatever you like to do, a three-hour movie. Shop till you drop all day, stow to stow to stow. Run it all over town to save $5 and you spend $80 worth of gas. Yeah. But you get to the church, you're in a hurry. Hurry to do what? Popeye's chicken will be there. (laughs) Slower is better than fast. My friend, you can't hurry God. I repeat, you can't hurry God. He often delays his answer in order to slow us down and teach us to wait on him. That's why he doesn't answer instantly. He wants to slow you down so you can hear him. My friend, being impatient with God will cause you to miss God's best for you, which will bring unnecessary trouble on yourself and on others. The sixth thing we must consider in decision-making is this. When making decisions, keep in mind the end result. Hey, where will this decision take me? If I marry this person, what will my marriage look like 20 years from now? If I, if I take this job, if I, you know, if I buy this car, if I, if I make this sale, this transaction, what will that look like 20 years, five years from now, uh, one year from now? So keep in mind the end result. In other words, what is your desired outcome of a decision that you are making? The decisions you are making today will have serious ramifications tomorrow. For example, you make a decision to to be lazy and not want to get up, you'll come to poverty. You make a decision, keep on smoking as if you got a chimney in your body, 
and you see all those warning signs on the cigarette labels, then you'll get cancer and emphysema and then ask us to pray for a healing. If you're living in sexual promiscuity, you're sexually promiscuous, it leads to sexual transit, transmitted disease. You know, you bring, bring that stuff home to your wife or to your husband, and you wonder what happened. Somebody messed around. That's what's happened. Somebody sinned. You, you don't get herpes. Herpes is not airborne. Okay. Okay. <laughs> AIDS is not airborne. No, you, you might get measles might be airborne, but not, but, 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 but not gonorrhea. Somebody did something evil. Premarital sex is evil. That's right. Adultery is evil. Pornography is evil. Evil. Homemongering is evil. Being a sugar daddy is evil. Prostituting your body is evil. You say, ooh, he's cutting it straight. I, listen, it's the only way you're going to get well spiritually is to deal with the issue of yourself. Why don't y'all say amen? I'm here to preach the hell out of you so that you can live up to God's expectation for you. You have to deal with the issue of sin. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.